One of the coolest quotes I've ever heard in my life is don't sell out what you want most for what you want right now. And I think that is a quote to live by right there. That is the voice of Tom Bilyeu, and he'll be giving us insights on the goal setting, why success is overrated, fulfillment, and much, much more on today's Super You podcast. So let's go, go, go. That's one small step for man. Lift off. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kwaman. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. This show is brought to you by Amazon Prime. So check out Amazon Prime. If you need something next day, Prime is your solution. Speaking of Prime time, today we're going to get some tips and insights from Tom Bilyeu. He's an American entrepreneur, speaker, and co-founder of Quest Nutrition, a company that produces protein bars. I'm sure you've eaten one. I certainly have. And other nutritional products. He was born on March 30th, 1976 in Tacoma, Washington, and grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. After completing his education at the University of Southern California, that's right, the USC Trojans, Bilyeu worked in the family industry for a few years before co-founding Quest Nutrition in 2010. Under his leadership as CEO, Quest Nutrition grew into a billion-dollar business and became one of the fastest-growing companies in the United States. For those that play the height game on this show, Bill Yu is 5 foot 11 inches tall. So he leaves Quest in 2017 to co-found Impact Theory, which is a media company focused on creating empowering content to help people improve their lives. Bill Yu is a philanthropist and has donated significant amounts to charitable causes such as ending human trafficking and supporting education. So without further wait, let's get into it with Tom Bilyeu. Now, Steve Jobs famous for saying that the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As a quick aside, definitely check out the Super You podcast with Steve Jobs. It's one of our more popular downloads. Because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart, even when it leads you off the well-worn path. And that will make all the difference. But again, that quote from Steve Jobs is the only way to do great work is to love what you do. And if you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. So the only way to do great is to love what you do. Obviously, sometimes we need to pay the bills and do a job that we don't love. But Jobs' point is to be great. In order to be great, you actually have to love it. In order to be great, you have to love it. What do you say about this to your audiences. So you have to figure out what is that thing that I can do and keep doing and struggle and fight because life has a certain amount of that no matter what you do. Um, And going back to that, you have evolutionary pressure to work hard. So if you know you're gonna have to struggle at something, then you should very much struggle at something that gives you energy. Now, what is it that I focus on and think about that gives me the energy to keep doing all of this? Mm -hmm. It's I have a very simple mission. It's it's simple to articulate, how about that? <laughs> to pull off is gonna be really? um, you know, very, very difficult. But the, the simple idea is that right now, in mm-hmm. much of the developed world, your zip code is the number one predictor of your future success. Mm-hmm. And so, while I'm not a huge fan of thinking that IQ mm-hmm. is a big factor in people's success, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the answer were that your IQ were the number one predictor of your future success, okay, I could begrudgingly accept that and it never would have become the mission in my life. Mm-hmm. But seeing amazing people who I love and care about 
get chewed up by the inner cities was something that I wasn't prepared to just accept and live with. Mm -hmm. So at first I thought that I could just gather people around and say, hey, I took myself from you know, really struggling emotionally, not knowing how to succeed in business to being very successful. It's ideas, it isn't me. There was nothing mm -hmm. like different about me. I met minimum requirements, right? So there is a level of intellect that you will need. I meet mm -hmm. minimum requirements. The vast, anybody listening to this meets minimum requirements. So now I thought, okay, I could just gather people around and explain the ideas. They would be able to go off and implement them and it would change their life forever. Now, I remember at a commencement address that I was giving to the students, I told the students that I don't wish for you to be successful. And you can imagine like the crowd hushes and they're all, well, who brought this commencement speaker in? But I don't wish for you to be successful. I wish for you to be fulfilled. Talk to us about fulfillment and its importance. Fulfillment is very simple for me. So, and it has to do with the directives that are embedded in your brain from an evolutionary standpoint. So you must work hard embedded in your brain to acquire skills that matter to you that allow you to elevate yourself and others in service of a goal that's both exciting and honorable. So exciting and honorable means that you're just amped about it. You dig it. So I dig storytelling. Just I do. And I want to help people through storytelling. I do. My life circumstances have led me to that. The way that I'm hardwired, I just have an over, um, an outsized response to stories. And so I'm drawn to that. And because of life experience, I want to use stories to help people. So that's very exciting for me. Now it's also honorable because I'm not just looking to make myself rich or be admired for telling a cool story. I actually wanna help people with that story and I hold myself accountable to that. So when you have that cocktail, you're working hard to garner a set of skills that allow you to serve not only yourself, but other people, It that's fulfillment. So people can say whatever they want. And I know like if I'm actually out there every day doing my best to help people, I'm gonna feel good about that. Now I'm not gonna feel good about people misunderstanding that, that's still gonna suck. But I know what's in my heart. And so if I'm like, no, for real, I'm showing up no matter what people say, I really am showing up to help people. Then that will give you the emotional resilience that you need to see yourself through. So fulfillment is, it's able to withstand even moments of unhappiness. And when you have fulfillment, the thing that you believe in that you're fighting for, then it gets easier to push through, you know, whatever frustrations, difficulties, the mob coming after you, whatever. If you don't have that, and it was, you were just trying to be famous or get approval, and it feels like the entire world is piling on you, you just are like, yeah, I'm done with this. So there really has to be something you're fighting for. Obviously, you've had a tremendous amount of success. What's, what's a big misunderstanding of success? What I learned long before I actually became successful was that success wasn't going to change my insecurities. And I think most people go into it thinking that success is going to eradicate their insecurities. They look at somebody that's successful with this admiration and they think when I'm that successful, I will look at myself with that admiration. And it doesn't work like that. So, and what's super interesting, it's not surprising at this point, this would have surprised me in my 20s, but like I said, thankfully I learned these lessons when I was still struggling, is that you know, your insecurities are gonna go with you wherever you go, and the name of the game is really about skill set, and skill set in a few different ways. Skill set mm -hmm. in, there are things that I want to accomplish in this world and I must get good at them. But mm -hmm. then there's also skill set in managing my own mind. And mm -hmm. that, that is the, the real juice. So um, 
you gave me that poster, Outwork Everyone. And when I was writing a message on it, it's like, to Outwork Everyone, there, there is a certain thing that must be true in your mind, which is you have to know that all you have is this moment. Mm -hmm. And so success is not some thing in the future where you will cross a finish line and feel forever the way you've always wanted to feel, which <laughs> right. is what people think. Success will feel exactly like this moment. What, whatever your life is right now, if, you, and if it's a mess, I could give you a billion dollars and it would still be a mess. And so understanding the name of the game is really to optimize the way that you respond to your environment, the way you respond to your challenges, the way you respond to difficulties, that's it. Now, the one thing all of our listeners have in common is that everyone's getting older each and every second. Now, the older we get, the more we get set in our ways, that we think we have it all figured out, that we have life figured out, that we've tested enough stuff, that we know that this is what worked, this is what doesn't work. And some would say that that's wisdom, that we have tested it, and we know what works and what doesn't work. Some would call that wisdom, but you'd argue that it's a trap, that when we get set in our ways, as you get older, it's a trap. Now, why do you say it's a trap? Problem is, as you get older, you try things, you find the things that work, and the world of things that the young people are trying, which is why they don't know what the fuck is gonna work, so they're trying everything, begins to narrow, 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 until you're like, ah, here's that narrow bandwidth of shit that actually works. When you get there, and you think you're at the pinnacle, you are fucked, my friend. That is how people get trapped by being old. You've gotta discard all that and say, I'm gonna try things. Maybe it didn't work in the past, but maybe it'll work now. Read voraciously, find new ideas, put them to use. If you learn something, use it that day. Push yourself, push yourself to get better, to get faster, to learn new things. Reading, podcasts, YouTube videos. I am insatiable in my appetite for knowledge because I am always shocked. One, the world is learning new things. And two, I'm discovering new things that interact with my wiring, right? We're all, we all have about 50% hard wiring, so we are not blank slates. So it's interacting with the unique way that I think about things, but it's also interacting with the things that I've learned, the current climate of what's happening and all that. But if you're not taking in new ideas, then you can't get new ideas out. So I used to have this formula that hung over my desk and it said, ideas in equal ideas out. You've got to voraciously get those ideas in. So that noise about being too old. That is a self-defeating way to think about it. Never, ever repeat disempowering like I'm too old ever again. And then go out there, learn to code, become the greatest coder that ever lived. You're 98, you got a long ass beard and you code better than anybody else. And God only knows what the language will be then, but you're going to beat these young whippersnappers. And if you maintain that idea, my friend, you will stay mentally supple and you will dominate. Dominate, I say. So get after it. You can learn. Anybody can. All right, lightning round question here. What's your favorite quote? One of the coolest quotes I've ever heard in my life is don't sell out what you want most for what you want right now. And I think that is a quote to live by right there. Um, so that's the big one is really making sure that you are focused and excited about what it is that you want long-term. And even just having a phrase that you can say to yourself about what it is that you want most, I think would be hugely beneficial. So often people don't have that level of clarity. So when we're talking about procrastination, just the raw desire to actually see something through to the end um, is going to be critically important. Now, 
The rest of what we're talking about is very mechanistic, but I wanna go through it. So first of all, anything that's disrupting the rhythm of your day is gonna be wildly problematic. Um, I will answer the question assuming that there's just absolutely nothing you can do about that, but I wanna sneak in a quick little answer for anybody else that finds themselves in a similar situation. If there's any way for you to get out of the situation where you are constantly having the rhythm of your day disrupted, I highly encourage it. So we're about to go through how you can regiment the chaos, but first and foremost would be to not find yourself in the chaos to begin with. And that really does matter in terms of when I think about my own life and trying to be as deadly efficient with every single moment that I have, Eliminating disruptions is a big one. Okay, now assuming that you can't eliminate the disruptions, then you're gonna need to start building some rules into your life so that any moment where you have, let's say, um, that rule might be, if I have any consecutive three minutes where I know three minutes are available, then I'm going to immediately do X. Now that X might be journaling. So you keep um, something like Evernote on your phone and you have a topic preordained, something you already know that you're going to do. And whenever you have a gap, cause look, some gaps just aren't gonna be worth it. So if I had a 90 second gap, I may not fuss with it. It's gonna take 20 seconds just to get your phone out and get the app open and have it refresh and all of that. But if you're really hardcore and you say anytime where I have a three minute stretch, then I'm going to make sure that I immediately begin doing something that's productive. Um, a big part of making limited windows like that productive is the following. So first and foremost is having an important things list. And by having that important things list, you're gonna be able to immediately slide into knowing exactly what you should be doing so that you don't spend the three minutes just trying to figure out what it is that you're going to do. So you're gonna have that important things list. You're going to know exactly what you should be doing. You're going to build in some minimum amount of time where you say, anytime where I have this amount of time or more, I'm immediately going to dive into um, one of the things on my important things list. Now, important things list shouldn't all be just these gargantuan things that require hours and hours of time. You wanna make sure that you have things that you can do that are long. You wanna make sure that you have some things that are medium and you wanna make sure that you have some things that are short. And when you have that, now you can begin slotting into those. Some of what you may be doing in the short may be researching something, learning more about, so you're talking a lot about film and TV. So I can just tell you right now that I have a YouTube playlist, which I also curate ahead of time. So anytime I've got a brief window, it's what I call transitional moments where I immediately pick up my phone, take it out, go into, let's say screenwriting, boom, I've already got 20 videos that are just gonna autoplay, so I don't even have to select the next one, curate it on that playlist, boom, I start it going, and now I'm researching. Another thing that I can do in very limited windows of time is I have specific stories that I'm gonna be journaling on, and I might journal for a minute, I might journal for an hour, depending on how much time I have, but every second that I spend working on that, I'm able to eke a little bit more productivity out of it. So that's huge. You're gonna need to make sure that you get sleep, that's gonna be really critical, and then you need to prioritize things in your life. You mentioned your wife, so for me, my wife is number one. Now, not in terms of time allocation, but in terms of importance. So when I know that there's any friction there, I'm gonna deal with that first. When there's, um, you know, I need to capture joy or something to really reaffirm the relationship and make sure that it is this beacon of joy and hope in my life, I'm gonna do that. So putting your, your um, values in life in ranked order is gonna be critically important to you. Now, part of your success is due that you're one of the world's foremost experts on goal setting and achieving those said goals. What advice would you give our listeners about goal setting? 
The big thing, and this is why I always tell people there need to be two things true about the goals you're trying to accomplish. One, they need to be honorable, and two, they need to be exciting. So we'll set honorable aside for a second and just focus on being just absolutely committed out of enthusiasm to accomplishing your goal. And this has been one of the things that's propelled me the most in my career is that I legitimately am excited about the thing that I'm trying to build. And because I value myself for the sincere pursuit of this thing that is both exciting to me and honorable in that it's you know going to lift people up if I actually accomplish it, and I'm holding myself accountable to actual results, but the game, the game, which is the right way to think about it, the game of trying to turn my potential into usable skills that can do something tangible in the world to make that goal that's exciting and honorable come true because all of that game is predicated on making sure that I love the time in the field, that I'm leaving everything out on the field and I value myself for that. I don't value myself for accomplishing it, but I value myself for actually trying to pursue it. So now you can imagine, I'm saying this stuff to myself all the time. So the weekends are fun and I do wife-oriented things and I'm doing, like in your case, I would be doing the things that are oriented around my kids and I would love it and I would have work shut off in my mind and I wouldn't be trying to work double duty on the weekends I would be with my kids. And then on, during the week, I'm going to be focused on that goal that I want to be focused on. Now, here is the catch. If your value system is such that family time is far more important and exciting to you than work time, you may want to reevaluate your goals because it may be that you're trying to convince yourself to pursue something Monday through Friday that actually doesn't resonate with you. Now, if that's true, you've got a couple different options. You can either find a way to make the stuff that you want to do with your family, for your family, that skill set. You can find a way to make that a big part of your Monday through Friday so that it feels like more of a continuation of the week. It may not be playtime, and I get it. Everybody has to eat and pay your bills, and so you're going to have to find something to monetize. But there are often things, what I call universe of. So if family time, quality time with your kids, that's a skill set that you want to be extraordinary at. What's a way where you could be in the universe of that skill set, those things during the week, so that you saw a direct correlation between what you do during the week and then that thing that really matters to you, which is your family time on the weekend. So it could be pursuing a degree in psychology. It could be working at a daycare. It could be teaching. You know, I don't know in what way that to you is sort of the deep passion, but that's another way to approach this. There's no right or wrong goal. There is only a goal that is both exciting and honorable and gets you amped on Monday so that the way you're pursuing it through the week is exciting to you and you don't feel like you're living for the weekend. And that's where people are often falling apart is their Monday through Friday is a should thing. It's I should want this. I should pursue this instead of being a continuation of just the things in life that they love. And the way that I've tried to structure my life is such that on the weekend, other than spending time with my wife, the most exciting thing that I can think of to do are the fun parts of my Monday through Friday. That's how much I enjoy what I'm pursuing and what I'm trying to build is that sure, there's overhead. Look, I, I will say that my work life is comprised of 60% overhead, meaning things I don't want to do, and 40% things I do want to do. But those that 40% is so much fun, and the 60% serves that 40% so well that on the weekend, I can pull from that 40% and, and just be energized and feel wildly enthusiastic. That is the best way that I could spend my totally free time. And 
that is a sign that you've got things aligned. So that would be my encouragement. If you find yourself having a hard time revving back up, it tells me that you figured something out on the weekends that you haven't yet figured out during the week. Greatness. We want to be surrounded by greatness. All of our listeners want to be great. We all want greatness in our lives. That you say whether an artist, musician, entrepreneur, that it's about doing the tedious things. If you want to be great, it's about doing the tedious things or that the devil is truly in the details. And you've said that boredom, which I love. So you say that boredom is what kills most entrepreneurs. Can you unpack the tedium, unpack boredom and the importance of these if you want to be truly great? Being an artist right now, this is like the best possible time to have something that you can do by yourself, that you can improve on by yourself, um, that's ultimately going to have real world consequences for you when we get to the other side of this. So here is, and, and something tells me that if you're playing professionally, you already know this, but here's the, the reality about greatness. Greatness is about doing the things that are tragically boring and that you have to repeat over and over and over to get better at them in a deliberate way. You don't just want to repeat them blindly, but in a deliberate way, buckling down and doing the things like for a musician, playing your scales, practicing your improvisation, practicing your cold reading, um, all of the things that are very easy to put off when you have a job and you're busy and you're making a living. Um, it's it's kind of like typing. What they find is most people sort of, um, their, their typing rate, if I remember right, it's like 65 to 70 words per minute um, is where most people tap out. But I think the record is somewhere around 250 correct words per minute. So if the average person is tapping out around 65, but the delta is all the way between 65 and 250, you begin to see like how far you can really push yourself. But people get to a level that they deem acceptable and they just sort of stop there. But because everybody is being forced to shut down right now, if you're a musician and you're saying, look, I'm not worried about streaming and going live and all of that, which I think there's a whole question to be answered about doing that and about how you could generate even more revenue um, by going online. But you asked me to set that aside, so I'm going to set that aside. But right now is that chance to embrace a level of boredom that most people are not willing to push through in order to get to greatness. So in a business context, I always tell people boredom kills more entrepreneurs than anything. It kills more entrepreneurs than fear. Most people They just can't slog through sucking at something and sitting in the discomfort that you get from doing the things that you're not good at long enough to get good at even those things so that you can truly go out and create art. Because I don't think you can create real art until you've mastered the basics to the point where, as Bruce Lee said, you don't think kick, you just kick. And I I love that quote. And there's another Bruce Lee idea, which is, I don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks. I fear, or I don't fear the man that does 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man that does one kick 10,000 times. And that is this moment. And if you can take this downtime and let go of how good it feels to perform, I have to imagine a big part of the reason you got into this and that you did all of the work when you were younger to get good is because you love performing so much. But right now, that's basically off the table. So if in this moment you can buckle down, be disciplined, set your sights on something very specific that you want to get good at, disciplined practice, 
at that thing to get good at this. On the other side of this, you're gonna be far more extraordinary than you were when you went in because you no longer have the distractions of the actual performance. You can just get down to practicing. So flip that switch in your mind and think all about coming out the other side of this, a beast, an absolute monster, better than you went in. And if you can tell yourself that story, I'm committed to this, I'm willing to do these things that other people aren't willing to do, and put in the practice and understand as you're going through that unimaginable boredom that on the other side of this is a skill set that has utility, then this becomes an extraordinary time. But if you keep telling yourself the story that so many others are telling, which is this is you know a time of deprivation, it's um, just lamenting that you're not able to perform and all the things that made you love music in the first place, then just because you're repeating that, it becomes a dark time. Focus on the other side and you will get through this amazingly. Wow, that's a great one to end on. That's a great one to end the show on today. When again said that's Tom Bilyeu. Check out his stuff at Impact Theory. That's Tom Bilyeu at Impact Theory. And thank you again for all those great tips around goal setting, especially this time of year, around goal setting, around fulfillment, around the misnomers about success. And so it's always good to hear that, that we're not the only ones wrestling with these things, that we all wrestle with these things. And that's what the show is all about. It's all about giving us tips and tricks so that we can unlock and unleash our superpowers on the world. And that's why we put this show together each and every week with the team here. It's Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and Kelsey Gomez. Big shout out to our sponsor, Amazon Prime. If you want it next day, go check out Prime. And the good news is if it shows up and it's not what you want, easy returns, free easy returns, Amazon Prime. Again, this is your host, Equal Man, thanking you for tuning in each and every week to the Super You Podcast and reminding you that we all are superheroes. We just need that courage to wear that cape. And until next time, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you.